Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts right after this. Agroplante is the leading manufacturer in specialty products. Agroplante formulates products that rise to the challenge of today's growing conditions. Saline and sodic soils reduce crop yield and cause significant crop losses. Agroplante developed Cation EX5 Plus with growers in mind to manage soil salinity. With multiple years of research, Cation EX5 Plus has proven to be an excellent source of calcium and an effective soil salinity manager. Run it through drip irrigation without any issues. Simplify your application method with innovative and efficient formulations. Alleviate salinity stress with CAT Ion EX5 Plus. Agroplante. Imagination. Innovation. Science in action. Bear was victorious in a California trial initiated by a man who claimed he had developed cancer from long-term exposure to the company's Roundup weed killer. Reuters News says that ended what would have been a five-trial losing streak for the company in trials over similar claims. Bear says a verdict was handed down by a jury in the California Superior Court late last week. In a statement, the company says a verdict was consistent with the evidence in this case that Roundup does not have cancer and is not responsible for the plaintiff's illness. Lawyers for plaintiffs Bruce Jones did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Like most plaintiffs in other Roundup lawsuits, Jones claims the product caused him to develop a form of cancer called non-Hodgkin lymphoma. Around 165,000 claims have been made against the company for personal injuries allegedly caused by Roundup, which Bayer acquired by purchasing Monsanto in 2018. Engine equipment manufacturer Cummins Incorporated has reached an agreement in principle with the United States and the state of California to pay a $1.67 billion penalty to settle claims that violated the Clean Air Act by installing emissions defeat devices on hundreds of thousands of engines, according to a news release from the U.S. Justice Department. The Clean Air Act requires vehicle and engine manufacturers to ensure their products comply with applicable emission limits. Defeat devices are parts of software that bypass, defeat, or render inoperative emissions controls such as emission sensors and onboard computers. The company allegedly installed defeat devices on 630,000 model year 2013 to 2019 Ram half-ton to three-quarter ton pickup truck engines. The company also allegedly installed undisclosed auxiliary emission control devices on 330,000 model year 2019 to 2023 Ram half-ton and three-quarter ton pickup truck engines, according to the Justice Department. Ag tech company Lumo said in a news release that Treasury Americas, a division of the global wine company Treasury Wine Estates, will trial its irrigation and vineyards in Napa, California. Lumo said its technology helps growers efficiently manage water and vineyards through automation. Lumo said Treasury Wine Estates has deployed 24 of Lumo's smart irrigation valves to efficiently manage the irrigation of 90 acres of vineyards. Lumo said the goal of the trial is to provide concrete evidence of how its advanced water technology can help to improve operational efficiencies while aiding in substantial water conservation. The pilot project is an integral part of Treasury Wine Estate's broader commitment to sustainability with goals to achieve 100% renewable electricity usage by the end of 2024 and attain net zero emissions for scopes one and two by 2030. That according to Will Drayton, Director of Sustainability and Science at Treasury Americas. The collaboration with LUMO signifies a crucial step in their journey towards preserving vital resources for the industry and the community. 
The Farm Service Agency is accepting applications through January 31st for a program designed to help specialty crop producers with costs associated with food safety certification. USDA Ag News reporter Rod Bain has more. Now available for specialty crop growers. Assistance with on-farm food safety program expenses. That are going for obtaining or renewing their food safety certification for calendar years 2022 and 2023. USDA Farm Service Agency Georgia State Director Arthur Tripp says application for the food safety certification for specialty crops program is open until January 31st through local FSA offices. Producers can complete the FSA 888 form, which is the application, and any producer can go into our service centers across the country to receive more information. Another information resource is through the web address farmers.gov food safety. Among the areas of assistance covered under the food safety certification for specialty crops program, developing or maintaining food safety plans, certification costs, and microbiological training. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. The California Range on Trust has announced the conservation of the 9,400-acre Salashi Ranch in San Benito and Monterey counties. The project was completed by the Rangeland Trust with funding from the California Wildlife Conservation Board, the California Strategic Growth Council's Sustainable Agricultural Lands Conservation Program in collaboration with the California Department of Conservation, the National Fish and Wildlife Foundation through Walmart's Acres for America program, and a donation by the Salashi family themselves. The ranch abuts the city of Salinas, which has a growing population center in Monterey County. California is currently on track to lose another 797,400 acres of farm and ranch land to develop and conversion by the year 2040. When working lands are subdivided and converted to other uses, it threatens the region's wildlife habitat and natural resources. Thanks to the conservation easement, the Salashi Ranch will remain as a working landscape and a contiguous block of habitat for wildlife on a perpetual basis. Under the terms of the conservation easement, the Salashi family will continue to own and manage the land just as they always have. They will continue to prioritize responsible management by seasonably grazing most of their property with cattle to fend off invasive species and mitigate the potential wildfire risks and rotationally farming strawberries, bushberries and leafy green vegetables on roughly 300 acres of the valley floor. We're thrilled to announce that the North Valley Nut Conference is taking place on January 31st at Silver Dollar Fairgrounds in Chico, California. This event is held in conjunction with University of California Cooperative Extension. It's a golden opportunity for professionals in the tree nut industry. Network with our exhibitors and sponsors who are committed to your success in the orchard. Earn valuable continuing education units and expand your knowledge on the latest industry trends. Listen to our expert speakers, share valuable insights and practical advice, but attendance is filling up fast. So make sure you visit myaglife.com backslash events and register today. We hope to see you there. A company with a long history of plastic manufacturing and recycling in the Mid-South has begun trials in California, hoping to offer similar services. Revolution Company successfully completed a pilot program with almond hullers and shellers this season from Bakersfield to near Chico. Revolution Director of Ag Services Matt Lindsay said for that market, the company offered plastic to cover stockpiles as they awaited hulling and shelling. At the end of the season, Revolution picked it up to recycle. The company also is testing plastic coverings for late-season table grape vineyards to protect the fruit from rain or heavy dews. In addition, the company is looking at silage bags and plastic coverings for silage piles for the dairy industry. As with the hullers and shellers, Revolution picks up and recycles what it sells. 
In the Mid-South, the company's subsidiary, Delta Plastics, has been manufacturing polytubing for years that growers use to furrow irrigate row crops. Think of it as flexible lay-flat tubing made of polyethylene with an average 15 to 18-inch diameter. Farmers use it for one season before discarding it, and therein was the challenge, Lindsay said. How do you economically dispose of used polytubing without damaging the environment? Years ago in the Mid-South, we were making a product we called Polytube that's the predominant irrigation method in the Mid-South. It's a surface irrigation or gravity irrigation. And farmers would roll the pipe out and punch holes in it and let it run down the furrows. And then at the end of the season, the pipe was uh, used up and nobody really knew what to do with it. They kind of had a waste problem. You can you know, burn it, bury it, or landfill it. Two are illegal and one's not cost effective. So people had a problem and we started recycling the pipe. So we would send trucks around to the farms and collect the dirty pipe. And then we got really good at cleaning really dirty farm plastic and making post-consumer resin out of a PCR. And then we can use that to make other products and like our trash bags or construction sheeting. And that's a product that that worked out real real well for us. And it was a solution for farmers. So it's a great partnership. And we've been doing that for, gosh, I guess the last 30 years or so. When Revolution was looking to expand, Lindsay said they looked at areas that are big in agriculture as well as big in plastic users. California met both of those requirements. And as big plastic users, the state's farmers also have similar challenges as their counterparts in the Mid-South. How do you dispose of used film? We're into ag films. That's where we started, and that's our core business model. And so just in in looking to do, to expand and grow, we looked for for other areas that were both plastic intensive and in need of a solution for their waste. We want to be responsible users of plastic. It's an important resource for farmers in a lot of different aspects of of agriculture. And so uh, we just wanted to play a part in, in spreading our solution around to other parts of the ag industry. And so... California happens to be big in ag and big in plastics. So almond and dairy and and grape industries all have pretty significant plastic use with the same problem that we had here in the 90s with our polytube. They don't have a good, efficient waste disposal solution for it. And so we think we can be successful by providing a solution. For almonds, Lindsay said they trialed coverings for stockpiles in 2023. Much like counterparts in the Mid-South, he said California producers need plastic that will stand up during the use season. Then they're faced with how to dispose of it. As part of the service, he said Revolution will pick up used plastic that was originally purchased from them and recycle it. The same holds true for the plastic products used for dairy silage as well as to cover table grapes late in the season. Circular solution is what we're offering. Being able to sell plastic, new plastic for ag industries and markets and then come back and collect that ag plastic up and recycle it and convert it to other uses. Each of these areas has an issue with their waste. And so almonds, typically stockpile plastic is what we're looking at mainly there. And it's similar to our irrigation work that they use that plastic for several months. It's very important that it's very high quality plastic. There's a high stakes game when you're into ag and commodities. So it's important that our products perform very well. And then we come back and we collect that product and recycle it. And our recycled products tend to be a little better performing than than our competitors on the second use, just because we started with such a high grade ag plastic to begin with. So again, almonds need covering of the stockpile for short term, and then they've got the waste problem. Same in dairy, they cover their feed, both in, in silage bags and bunker covers. And then when it's done, they 
they've got a disposal problem. Same with the grapes. They need to protect the vines for a short period of time, but then they've got a waste problem. So we just see people in need of a solution, and hopefully we can work together to partner and have a win-win situation. Anytime the company is entering a new market, Lindsay said they like to work with a limited number of trusted partners the first year to fine-tune product rollout. Outside of a few minor bugs, he said the pilot season with almond hullers and shellers went well, and the cooperators were pleased with the product. Agriculture, although it's a short-term use, it's a high-stakes situation. People's livelihood is on the line here when we're talking about protecting crops. So it only made sense to kind of go to market slowly, have kind of a trial year, work with some partners who understood that we're developing a new program, a new division, a new ag industry for us, although we've been in ag forever. So it just made sense to be prudent and crawl before you walk, so to speak. And luckily, we've, we've had some learning things, some mistakes that we've learned from, but overall, the plastic has been very, very high performing, very good, and we've been able to get back and, and collect it very smoothly. So that's some issues maybe with some packaging and other things like you would expect to, to learn into a new market. But uh, we've been very excited. And so this year we're ready to go full bore and see how many people we can help. For the 2024 season, Lindsay said they plan to have a larger presence in the almond industry. They're a bit behind on the dairy and table grape side in piloting products, but he expected that to develop in the near future. We are very excited. We're probably uh, heavier in almond than anything else just in the outset, and we've been successful there with our trials. We're off and running and should grow, and then we're kind of really in development on the dairy side of things and, and working to make new contacts and working to get into the industry a little better and get our name out there, and the same with grape. We've got quite a few folks who have used our grape film, but uh, we're really going to focus on on growing those numbers this year as well. The three R's of waste management have been around for some time. Reduce, reuse, and recycle. Maybe we should add a fourth R to that, revolution. This is Vicki Boyd reporting for My Ag Life. Attention ag professionals, how do you maximize your efforts in your fields without breaking the bank? Come find out at the Inputs Ag Summit on January 10th in Fresno. Network with the best companies looking to help you save money and resources, making your dollars go further in the field. This is your chance to stay ahead and thrive in the face of challenges. The time to make a difference is now. You can't afford to miss out. Visit myaglife.com forward slash events to register or call 559-352-4456. And only one fertilizer had a notable price move compared to last month. Urea was down 6% and had an average price of $537 a ton. Two fertilizers were down just slightly. And Hydrus had an average price of $807 a ton. And UAN32 was at $402 a ton. Any other major ag fertilizers were just slightly higher in price compared to last month. Whether real or inflation-adjusted, yearly food spending in the United States increased steadily from 1997 to 2022, except in 2008 and 2009 during the Great Recession and COVID in 2020. Food spending includes food at home, described as food intended for off-premises consumption from retailers like grocery stores. Spending also includes food away from home, described as food bought at outlets like restaurants or cafeterias. Total food spending increased 70% from 1997 to 2022. Food spending totaled $1.81 trillion during 2020. Between 1997 and 2022, food at home spending increased by a slower rate at 53% than food away from home at 89%. Total food spending increased on a yearly basis by 7.2% in 2021 and 4.5% in 2022. Food away from home spending drove the overall increases in food spending. Food at home spending rose 4% in 2021 before falling 2% in 2022. 
Where Food Comes From Incorporated, a trusted resource for independent third-party verification of food production practices in North America, has announced it has acquired the Upcycled Certified Program from the Upcycled Food Association. Upcycled Certified, the world's first and largest provider of certification for upcycled food, has emerged as a dynamic force that is reshaping the way manufacturers valorize all parts of the food chain and avoid food waste, according to a news release. Upcycled Certified is now one of the fastest-growing certified seals in the food industry, providing consumers with a tangible solution to shop sustainably. There are currently 93 companies with more than 480 products certified to the standard, including leading consumer packaged goods companies such as Del Monte and Carry Ingredients. These products are responsible for diverting an average of 390,000 tons of food waste annually since the program's launch less than three years ago. The acquisition comes at a time when upcycling is gaining in relevance and popularity. Over the last three years, upcycling consists tops food trends lists, including Food Tank, Kroger, Forbes, and Whole Foods Market. Data from retail insights firm Spins shows 51% of consumers are more likely to buy a product identified as upcycled certified, signifying significant consumer acceptance and demand. The upcycled standard developed by the Upcycled Food Association is designed to reduce food waste by promoting the upcycled food economy. Upcycled products use ingredients that have full nutritional value and are safe, but for various reasons would have gone the waste. Operators that grow produce, manufacture, process, and trade in food, beverages, and other food-related products are eligible to apply for upcycled certified. These operators must demonstrate that ingredients they handle have been procured and produced using verifiable supply chains. Upcycled products in the U.S. marketplace include food and beverages, dietary supplements, pet food, cosmetics, personal care products, and household cleaners. A futures market insight report estimates the value of the upcycled food industry to be more than $46 billion and is growing. Foreign ownership of U.S. farmland grew last year, according to a recent USDA report, but not for a key U.S. adversary. Foreign entities bought nearly 3.5 million acres of U.S. farmland and forest in 2022, up more than 8% to more than 43 million acres. But China's holdings fell a bit from 2021 to 350,000 acres, less than 1% of foreign-owned acres. Still too much for Washington State's Republican Dan Newhouse. This is about our country's national security and ensuring that adversaries like China, like Russia, like North Korea or Iran do not gain a foothold on American soil. Especially near sensitive U.S. military sites, as China is accused of doing in North Dakota. That's a threat Pentagon Assistant Secretary Eli Ratner said the administration takes seriously. Absolutely support efforts to prevent uh, adversarial ownership of sensitive land industries and sectors and, and biotechnology is one we're taking a careful look at. That includes legislation. Newhouse introduced to broaden the U.S. Treasury Department's control over foreign U.S. farmland ownership. The People's Republic of China is only interested in reaping every possible benefit from U.S. land without giving back or considering our future to sustain an independent energy and food production. The U.S. cannot become dependent on our adversaries for our domestic food supply. Senate legislation also requires USDA to have a permanent seat on the Treasury's Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S., or CFIUS, which sponsors may try to include in a new farm bill. USDA plans to update how it collects data to study the impact of foreign land holdings on rural communities and the exact location of foreign-owned entities. 
USDA data shows inspections of corn and wheat for offshore delivery increased week to week while soybean assessments dropped during the week ending December 21st. Corn inspections during those seven days rose to 1.98 million metric tons. That's up from the previous week of almost 960,000 tons and the 922,000 inspected during the same week in 2022. Wheat assessments reached 428,700 tons, a sharp jump from the 285,000 tons the previous week. Geopolitical factors, elections, and many other surprises await the agricultural economy in 2024. Farm Journal and Purdue University's December Economist Monthly Monitor shows views slightly more optimistic than they were a month ago. The Economist talked about what unexpected news headlines they wouldn't be surprised to see in 2024. The responses include China falling into a big recession. They wouldn't be surprised to see a second farm bill extension. Corn prices at test $4 again, and inflation will support managed money returning to the commodities. Record beef imports wouldn't be a surprise, as well as a national corn yield bigger than a 190 bushels an acre. There are also reasons for optimism, like demand opportunities through domestic soybean crushing, renewable fuel, and sustainable aviation fuel. They're looking for robust domestic consumption and an opportunity for competitive pricing for U.S. commodities in overseas markets. Many producers should still have strong balance sheets as well. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Nut Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Thank you.